On this episode, we cover the great debate around online sales tax, plus Facebook's trust issues, retail loyalty programs, and more. It's episode eight of the Britain Digital Update podcast for the week of April 16th, 2018. The Sounds of Silence. It's not just a 1964 hit song from Simon and Garfunkel. Actually, from women breaking their silence with the Me Too movement to Americans on both sides of the aisle, really, wishing our president would keep his silence, it's actually pretty relevant in 2018. Silence was recently used to build suspense and tell a story in the number one hit movie, A Quiet Place. Characters in the movie couldn't talk because they feared that a creature would overhear them with super sensitive hearing and then come and eat them. Actually, you know, in the theater, it was so silent when I saw the movie, it was hard to eat popcorn. There were so many tweets online of people sharing the same exact experience where it's hard to, it's hard to eat. Anyway, sometimes it's the silence that we wish we had. I mean, you ever use your smartphone while you're sitting next to your husband, your wife on the couch while you're watching TV and, and accidentally a video starts playing from Facebook? I mean, it's so loud you can hear it like three blocks away and you're like, stop, stop, and you're trying to hit the button. Or maybe you load up a blog on your laptop and the video ad starts to play. Oh my gosh, it can be so startling. Well, Google has a fix for that, at least when you're online through its Google Chrome web browser. Gizmodo reported this week that Google Chrome version 66 will automatically default to muting those annoying autoplay videos. Now, there is an exception when you go to a website where you watch videos all the time, like YouTube. Then it'll auto-unmute because it thinks that you want to watch those videos when you're there. But it's a pretty cool feature coming to Chrome. Now, if we can only fix those loud commercials between show segments when you're streaming Hulu, sometimes they are so loud. Well, we couldn't stay silent on a number of this week's digital, business, social media, entertainment, and marketing news stories. So let's get to it. The great debate on online sales tax. Most of the top internet retailers like Amazon, they've grown so big they have a physical presence in every state, all 50. Because of that presence... Amazon pays taxes in all 50 states. That's because of a 1992 court ruling known as Quill versus North Dakota, in which retailers are required to collect sales tax if they have a physical presence in that state. But other smaller internet retailers, they don't have a physical presence in every state. Well, realizing that it was missing out on a whole bunch of much-needed tax revenue, South Dakota passed law requiring that any business, online or not, to collect sales tax if they had more than $100,000 in annual sales or more than 200 individual transactions in their state. And then it sued companies for violating the law. And that case is called South Dakota versus Wayfair. It's made its way all the way to the Supreme Court where arguments were heard this past week. Now the implications for this case are pretty huge. A ruling by the Supreme Court wouldn't just affect internet retailers, it would affect virtually every business, large or small, that competes online. So it could be an I mean it, it could be a nightmare for smaller businesses that have to collect sales tax. And sales tax varies from state to state, city to city, jurisdiction to jurisdiction across the United States. 
Now, the states, like South Dakota, they're excited because they could gain as much as 8.5 to as much as $13 billion in annual uncollected taxes. That's according to Retail Dive. New York Times reports that at the arguments in the Supreme Court this week, several justices expressed concerns about imposing crushing burdens on small businesses that sell goods online and about making them liable for back taxes. Like they went back a couple of years, that could be really tough for a small business. Some even question whether or not the Supreme Court should be telling Congress to act in a particular manner on taxes, especially if Congress hadn't felt compelled to do so on their own. If they hadn't done anything on taxes so far, well, then why should the Supreme Court tell them what to do? Well, one thing is definitely for sure. We are living in a very different world than we were in 1992 when the current standard was put in place. There was no e-commerce back then. So it's expected that a decision will be reached by the Supreme Court before July for this South Dakota versus Wayfair case. No doubt it's something we'll be watching closely. Many of our clients do e-commerce, and that could play a role in how they both do business and market their business. All right, how about a Facebook update? They have been in the news so much lately. After multiple days of testimony in front of Congress, Facebook and CEO Mark Zuckerberg still very much playing defense. They admitted in testimony that they need to review every app that had access to user data, but the jury's still out on how many more Cambridge Analytica-type situations exist because they're doing all these investigations. Facebook suspended additional companies that had collected and used data from Facebook users, including companies CubeU and Aggregate IQ. And some of these companies work with a lot of big brands to help them target consumers. Now, in addition to those suspensions, some reports say that Cambridge Analytica's incident could be much bigger than the 87 million users that Facebook admits to be involved because there were other surveys that were online that were used to collect data. And there's another whistleblower from Cambridge Analytica now saying that it's, it's many, many more people involved. So we'll have to keep an eye on this. Now, there could also be other problems about to hit Facebook too. One involves where you go to a website and you use a service with the Facebook login. You know, when you want to sign up for a service and you just, uh, yeah, uh, log in with Facebook. TechCrunch is reporting that user data can be grabbed by third-party JavaScript trackers embedded on websites. So that might be another huge deal. Beyond that, Facebook appears to now be facing a class action lawsuit over its facial recognition features. You know, where they suggest tagging people in your pictures. Well, they do that through facial recognition. And in order to do that, they have to create a template of everybody's face. And in Illinois, a lawsuit claiming that this violated privacy rights has been upgraded to a class action lawsuit for anyone affected in the state of Illinois. There's a lot of media outlets that are speculating that this could lead to billions of dollars in fines for Facebook. That's not usually something investors like. Of course, it's not really a surprise that with all of these headlines, people are losing trust in Facebook. It's dropped like a rock. Businessinsider.com shared results of a study that showed only 27% of people thought Facebook would protect their privacy. In 2017, that number was 79%. That's a pretty hefty drop. Now, what some may find surprising, though, is that while trust has dropped, overall social media use continues to climb. 
It's not deterring anybody from jumping on Facebook or on social media platforms. According to Hootsuite and the We Are Global Digital StatShot report, 389 million people globally accessed social media via mobile for the first time in the last four months, since 2018 began. Crunching the numbers, the next web says that is a million people signing up to social media for the very first time every day. 12.4 new social media users every second. That's astonishing. The growth includes Facebook, too. It's not like people are signing up for other platforms. Despite privacy concerns making news, over 67 million new people have started using Facebook in 2018. And if you're wondering in total how many that is for Facebook, it's over 2.234 billion monthly active users. Now, most of the time, data is collected for two reasons. The first is, of course, advertising. This allows ad networks to find relevant customers or users to show ads to. The second reason to collect data is to provide relevant content and offers to the consumer, basically to provide the right context so you spend more money, right? Loyalty programs are good at this. They reward you for spending frequently and for sharing your data. And in response, they usually give you an offer for something you typically buy. Now, one problem with this is that most retailers do a really poor job at making it relevant and the the personalization part. Retail Dive just shared uh, some survey data from Oracle. said retailers are off the mark when it comes to loyalty programs as only 32% of customers find brand offers relevant. So they're making offers for you to save money and most consumers are like, well, why do I care about this? 58% of retailers think they're sending relevant offers. So there's a disconnect here. 58% of brands say, oh yeah, we're sending out relevant offers, but only 32% of consumers think so. That's huge. Now, 69% of consumers are actually looking for personalized offers, stuff that's relevant to them. So brands have an opportunity there. One other thing that's of note, 74% of consumers in this study say they're looking for immediate benefits. They're not looking to accumulate points. Starbucks does a great job with the free drinks when you accumulate points with their app and their loyalty program, all the stars that you get. But a lot of people would rather just get immediate savings than have to save up points. Although Starbucks does give you fairly relevant ways to earn those stars. I found in my personal experience uh, with Kroger, the grocery chain Kroger, they do a superb job with their loyalty club. They send coupons every month to my house via direct mail. They are 100% tailored to the products that I buy. And every month I go out of my way to make sure I use them before they expire because in most cases I buy those products anyways. So I might as well save the money. The point is they're all relevant to me. It's all personalized. Now another thing you should note from this Oracle study, it said that 53% of consumers research brands on social media before they make a purchase and 43% follow influencers who post about their favorite brands. So having a social media influencer strategy and a social media strategy in general could have a big impact on consumer decisions. This is important for brands. It should definitely be a part of your marketing plan. Let's switch gears now. Do you remember the movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise? Or maybe you watched the TV show Person of Interest, used to be on CBS. They were meant to show us what the world would be like with technology predicting crimes before they happened. So that authorities would actually arrest criminals before they've committed the crime. What most people don't realize is how close we are to some of these technologies. Some of them actually exist. Larger cities 
use facial recognition and license plate recognition as part of their surveillance for terrorism. And now a company called Certica, which is an Israeli security company, they formed a partnership in India to add AI to the mix, artificial intelligence. Much like Hollywood depicted, Certica plans to use artificial intelligence along with video cameras that are already in public areas, so parks and intersections, things like that. And they're going to look for behavior abnormalities that could signal a crime is about to occur. What does that mean, behavioral abnormalities? What is this technology looking for? According to digitaltrends.com, behavioral abnormalities are micro-expressions, like minuscule twitches or mannerisms that can show that you're about to do something nefarious, show that you have like some kind of intent, stuff that we couldn't pick up if we're watching somebody, but the AI that's mapping your face might be able to pick up on it. And this Israeli company, they're hoping that machine learning can analyze the massive amounts of data that's going to be generated by all the cameras in public places. They can look at everybody's face and start to map your face and, and, and watch what you're doing and uh, to the point where it's going to be super creepy. But they think they can improve safety and efficiency. Now, there's another company called EarthNow, and this organization is planning to launch as many as 500 satellites around the planet and they're gonna provide real-time video surveillance of every inch of Earth. At least that's what they say. MIT Technology Review reports that Microsoft founder Bill Gates is part of the group backing this Earth now. The company also plans to employ machine learning, artificial intelligence to interpret what all the cameras are capturing in real time. Back to Certica. They believe that they can teach their system to look for incidents that are about to occur. So they're going to get all this data and then maybe find these little micro-expressions that somebody might have before a crime occurs. And they'll have this database of this stuff. They'll teach their system to look for that stuff and then deploy authorities before something actually happens. No doubt there are some privacy discussions that need to be had when we're monitoring everybody's face and body movements across the entire globe. But some cities are actually eagerly watching to see what happens. New Orleans is already talking about trying to get funding for something like that. For me, the question is whether or not artificial intelligence already knows what's about to happen with this test. Can it predict? Because, you know, that's the point of the whole project. Anyway, we can't cover every story in our Britain Digital Update podcast, but we do have links to many more online on our blog version. For example, some of the headlines you can find there, Amazon surpassed 100 million Prime members worldwide. E-commerce comes to the Snapchat lens. Gmail messages that self-destruct. HQ Trivia, do you play that? They're getting more social. Millennials. They shop in stores every week. That's important for retail. And by 2028, nearly half of packages could have two-hour delivery. Find out all about those stories online at BritainMDG.com. You click on blog and the digital update section. Now, if you feel like you learned something here in this podcast, you feel informed, you feel like we gave you some value, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Search for Britain Digital Update and hit the subscribe or follow button. That is a wrap. Episode 8 in the books of the Britain Digital Update podcast for the week of April 16th, 2018. I'm Dave B. Good. Thanks for listening.